Welcome to Question Period. I'm Evan Solomon. Happy Easter, happy Passover. Lots today on the program, starting with Kenny versus Trudeau. Tonight, we have elected a government that will stand up and secure a fair deal for Alberta in this great country. What does the massive win for United Conservative leader Jason Kenney in Alberta mean for Justin Trudeau? With tough talk on the carbon tax, equalization and pipelines, is Jason Kenney now the unofficial opposition leader in Canada? Alberta Premier-designate Jason Kenney joins us today to find out. And then, carbon tax trouble. None of the challenges seem to us bigger right now than the challenge around climate change. A court battle is raging over the government's carbon tax. Should Justin Trudeau back off his plan that's now opposed by a growing number of provinces, or does he press ahead? Minister Mark Garneau will join us on that issue that could shape the next federal election. Plus, does the West want out? Are political battles over climate and pipelines threatening to reopen a nasty national unity fight? Former Ontario Premier Kathleen Wynne, the former NDP leader Tom Mulcair, and the former Conservative Minister James Moore will debate that today. All that plus Preston Manning and Elizabeth Mayer on the scrum. This is Question Period. Let's go get some answers. Well, he swept to power in Alberta with a huge majority and a big mandate. And a mandate not only to dismantle the policies of the former NDP government, or at least a lot of them, but with a promise to do battle against some of Justin Trudeau's federal government policies. Jason Kenney, the former federal cabinet minister, now the premier designate of Alberta, has already outlined part of his agenda, fighting the carbon tax. He's threatened to cut off oil to B.C. if they stop or try to stop the Trans Mountain Pipeline. He's even talked about reopening the equalization formula if Quebec stands in the way of an Energy East pipeline. How far will he actually go? Let's find out. It is a great pleasure to be joined now by the Premier-designate of Alberta, Jason Kenney, and Premier-designate. First off, just congr- happy Easter, of course, and congratulations on your huge win. Uh, what, what was it like to, to win that? Well, Evan, it was, the, uh, it was after three hard years of work here. We uh, had to, first of all, won the PC leadership to seek unity with another uh, Conservative Party. Uh, we had to get that through a referendum, another leadership, a by-election, building a new party in just 18 months. And it was a really tough campaign. But I was gratified. We ended up with the uh, 55% of the popular vote, the largest number of votes ever cast for a party in Alberta electoral history, the highest popular vote in, uh, in, in a couple of decades at least. And um, I'm just, we're keen to get to work, uh, to show the world that Alberta is open for business, to get this economy moving, uh, to bring back investor confidence, and to fight for a fair deal for our province and the Canadian Federation. Uh, let me talk about what was extraordinary in your victory speech, uh, Jason Kenney, was that you spoke French. You don't see that a lot when someone wins the job of Premier of Alberta, but it did show that something we noticed in your campaign, you were running against Premier Notley, but a lot of you were also running against Justin Trudeau. What are the three biggest bones you've got to pick with the Prime Minister's government? First, some context, uh, Evan. Angus Reid did a survey about three weeks ago that said 50% of Albertans surveyed say they support secession. Uh, This is the highest number by far in our history, much higher than during the National Energy Program in the early 80s, and higher than it's been in Quebec for a long time. Now, I think some of the people who say that are probably just uh, showing dissatisfaction, blowing off some steam, but underneath numbers lie like that lie a very serious and deep anxiety. Albertans feel like they've been, we've been 
uh, great Canadians. We played by the rules, paid big taxes, contributed over $600 billion net to the rest of the Federation through our federal taxes since uh, the beginning of the 60s. And everywhere we turn, we feel like we're being blocked in and pinned down. A federal government with Bill C-69, we call it out here the No More Pipelines Law, C-48, the tanker ban, the emissions cap, the B.C. and New Democrats obstructing Trans Mountain, the Quebec government saying it would it would obstruct a proposed East Coast pipeline. And, and, and all Albertans are saying is, look, we're happy to be generous and share some of our good fortune with other parts of the country, but please let us develop the resources that help to pay the bills in the Federation. So that was very much at the heart of our campaign. But who is responsible for this? Let's call it a national unity issue. And you talk about people supporting secession. On one hand, some said, no, it's Justin Trudeau who's imposed the carbon tax. That's, that's kind of reignited or reanimated these feelings. Some might say, no, it's political expediency by Jason Kenney. After all, the Liberals spent $4.5 billion buying a Trans Mountain pipeline. It's held up in the Federal Court of Appeal. It's not that they don't want to do it. In fact, the federal government's on your side on pipelines, but you're running against them in order to, to as a wedge issue. What's the response to that? So well, most Albertans uh, don't see it that way because they understand that Justin Trudeau cancelled the approved Northern Gateway Pipeline shortly, shortly after taking office. He surrendered to Obama's veto on the Keystone XL Pipeline without a word of protest. He killed the proposed Energy East Pipeline after five years of work and a billion dollars invested on. He did that through new regulatory mandates, mandates which he is now trying to enshrine in legislation through Bill C-69 that will make it impossible for a company to propose a major pipeline line in the future and we would say that he is he's bungled Trans Mountain did not exert any meaningful pressure on the BC New Democrats against their campaign of obstruction did not appeal the federal court decision on Trans Mountain to the Supreme Court of Canada did not threaten to withhold discretionary but how do you get that just, just, just on a practical matter how do you get that pipeline built faster I mean right now there there's a June date that the government has accepted. They have to wait. The, the federal court said you've got to go back and consult more with Indigenous Canadians. You've got to get better marine protection. It's not their hands that want to do it. It's National Energy Board, and then it's the, the courts. How would you actually move that any faster? Well, we do understand the federal government has to go through this process. It's court-ordered. We accept that. We wish they had also appealed to the Supreme Court of Canada. We're trying to build a interprovincial coalition that is pro-energy, pro-pipeline. We've already got Ontario, New Brunswick, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and the Northwest territories on side. Uh, and a critical part of this, Evan, getting First Nations to have a real ownership stake in energy infrastructure. We will create a billion-dollar crown corporation, the Aboriginal Opportunities Corporation, to facilitate First Nations ownership and, and financial participation in major energy right. infrastructure. We want to empower the growing majority of First Nations who see resources as a way to move their people from poverty to prosperity. We think that's a game changer on this and other pipelines. Uh, Premier-designate Kenny, you said one of the first things you'll do is repeal the Alberta carbon tax. But if the provinces don't have a carbon tax, the federal government has already said they're going to impose one anyway. Catherine McKenna has already said, if you actually remove the Alberta one, here comes the backstop like it's happened in other provinces like on Ontario. Doesn't it make more sense then just to keep the, the Alberta price on carbon rather than to have one imposed on you by the federal government? Because that's what they say will happen. A couple of points, Evan. We uh, will be joining the legal challenges at, at, in Saskatchewan and Ontario. We'll be launching our own at the Alberta Court of Appeal. We believe the federal tax intrudes in our 
constitutional jurisdiction. Second point, we'll be challenging, frankly, the Trudeau Liberals at the polls on this question uh, that come this October. If there's a change of government, there will be no federal carbon tax. Third point, um, the Alberta NDP carbon tax is worse than the federal liberal carbon tax from a taxpayer's point of view. It's one-third higher. Uh, it has much lower uh, levels of rebates. Uh, and, and so actually from a consumer point of view, while we oppose the federal carbon tax, it's less bad uh, than the Alberta NDP one. Two last questions on, on Justin Trudeau, uh, Premier-designate. You know, he always talked about the so-called grand bargain. We could have a pipeline from Alberta to the West Coast, the Trans Mountain, in exchange for a price on carbon. You want to get rid of the price on carbon. What's your message to Justin Trudeau? Is his so-called grand bargain dead now or is it still possible? Yeah, that, that uh, bargain with the Notley government ended on election day and it was from our perspective uh, and I think the vast majority of Alberta voters a complete failure. The notion of social license is a sham. We didn't see one single environmental group, provincial, municipal government, First Nation, Anybody move from no to yes on pipelines as a result of the Alberta carbon tax. All we got was stronger opposition to resource development and, uh, and pipelines. So uh, it's been a total failure. Punishing seniors here for heating their homes in the winter hasn't got us one inch of pipe in the ground. We're going to take a different approach. and We, are, we will, um, in a responsible way, assert our vital economic interests in the Federation. All right, last question. You're going to have to work with Justin Trudeau. I know you guys had a cordial call. You guys are both, you know, veteran politicians. But, gosh, I wonder about that relationship, Jason Kenney. I mean, you said Justin Trudeau can't read a briefing note that's longer than a cocktail napkin. You said he's got the political depth of a finger bowl. How are you going to work with Justin Trudeau if that's how you believe he, if, if, if that rhetoric exists out there? Well, I, I did express regret and apologize for those uh, those remarks. But uh, Justin and I have worked together before. The Prime Minister, excuse me, and I have worked together in the past. Uh, he was actually my critic in opposition for immigration um, when I was bringing forward legislation, and we we comp we found uh, common ground. Then I'm hoping we can again. But if we don't. Um, I'm going to be very clear. We think that if he continues with the No More Pipelines Law C-69, the ban on, uh, on ex exporting Canadian oil from the North BC coast, continues with his policy that killed Energy East and, um, and all of these other policies that threaten our economic future, then I will do what I can to elect a federal conservative government. I make no apologies for that. Uh, Jason Kenney, Premier-designate of Alberta, congratulations again on a massive win. We look forward to what's ahead. Uh, I want to wish you and, and the people of Alberta a happy Easter. Enjoy an Easter Sunday, sir, and great to have you back in the program. Thanks very much. Happy Easter to you as well. All right. Coming up on the program, will the Kenny carbon tax fight, what will that mean for the next federal election? Has Justin Trudeau just met his match? Former Premier Kathleen Wynne, former NDP leader Tom Mulcair, and former Stephen Harper Minister James Moore take that on next. Stay right here with Question Period. Bill number one in that legislature session will be the Carbon Tax Repeal Act. So the election of Jason Kenney as the next Premier of Alberta marks the end or the beginning of the end of Justin Trudeau's grand bargain, a national price on carbon in exchange for a pipeline. Jason Kenney has promised to fight the carbon tax. He's promised to cut off the oil supply to British Columbia if they stand in the way of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. And that's not all. He's also planning to do lots of other things around equalization. So is Jason Kenney now the unofficial 
official opposition leader to Justin Trudeau and what will his election mean for the next federal election. To find out, we are joined by an illustrious panel, former Ontario Premier Kathleen Wynne, former NDP leader, now CTV commentator Tom Mulcair, former Industry and Heritage Minister under Stephen Harper, James Moore. Great to have all of you here. Happy Easter. Happy Passover, and I'm sure it's going to be a great weekend. Kathleen, well, let me start with you. What does the election of Jason Kenney mean for the battle over the carbon tax? It means that the federal government needs to really hold the line on uh, putting in place a plan that is going to um, allow Canada to continue to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, to fight pollution, to fight climate change, because you've got now three or four provinces that have said, we're not, we're not going to play, we're not going to do that. Uh, in the case of Ontario, well, we, we're done. It's just, it's ridiculous. So it really puts a, a much greater burden on the federal government to put that plan in place that will allow us to play our global role and take up that responsibility to fight climate change. Uh, James Moore, uh, first order business for Jason Kenney. He's going to go right after the carbon tax, going to join six other conservative provinces, uh, Doug Ford in Ontario, for example, and really make this a fundamental issue. What's your take on his impact? Well, I think, you know, Kathleen Wynne, with respect, if, if Justin Trudeau's strategy is to hold the line, I think that's political suicide, number one. Number two, it would, be, it would do an enormous disservice to the issue of climate change that Justin Trudeau speaks so highly of in terms of a critical importance for this generation of leadership. And third, if he does hold the line and, and continues on in the way that he's doing, uh, he frankly could be participating, precipitating a, a national unity crisis. You have to accept reality on reality's terms. And the reality in this country is that Justin Trudeau carbon uh, climate change plan that he's been pushing now for well over three years going uh, approaching four years now um, has lost support over time not gained support over time and the Canadian public are voting with their feet and they are running away from Justin Trudeau and his plan. All right, well, Tom, Tom weigh in on that, uh, Tom Mulcair. Jason Kenney said, I'll begin on a conciliatory basis, but carbon tax, equalization, pipelines, he is going to become a national figure battling. Do, do you agree with James Moore's assessment? Well, I think that uh, Jason Kenney might have just handed Justin Trudeau a, an unexpected gift because now he has an excuse for not meeting Canada's obligations under the Paris Accord. The real battle, of course, during the election was between Jason Kenney and Justin Trudeau on the one hand and John Horgan on the other. He spoke more about them than he did uh, about uh, the, the, the Premier, uh, Madame Notley. So I think that the real battle as it's going to line up now is going to be with British Columbia. There's already a threat to pull the trigger on the legislation that uh, the Notley government had put in place. The battle's not over, uh, and I don't think that there's any clear path for um, for Mr. Kenny to be able to force through his pipelines. Uh, okay, Kathleen Wynne, uh, I'm yeah. intrigued by this I, this national I'm, unity crisis. Go ahead. Well, I just just I, and I'm happy to, to weigh in on that, but I just want to remark that we are talking about this as a political issue, and I understand it. I absolutely understand that it is, but. <laughs> But it is an existential issue. And so we can, you know, James, we can, we can talk about the, the rhetoric that's being used. We can talk about people's, um, people's decisions to vote with their feet. But the fact is that 
people are concerned about climate change. We know that a vast majority of people in this, certainly in Ontario and across the country, are worried about climate change. And if we tell the truth as politicians about what is and is not possible, then I think we can have a much more rational discussion. I don't think the discussion is rational now. I think that there's all sorts of obfuscation being thrown around and people are not getting an honest assessment of what's really happening. James Moore, just come back to this now. I want, I'm intrigued by this, you say the national uni crisis. Some would say it's Jason Kenney that's stoking the coals of that. Jason Kenney's the one threatening to turn off the taps to BC. Jason Kenney's the one that says even without constitutional authority, I want to reopen the equalization debate. He's the one that spent, I don't know, a decade, you were part of the government, the West wants in. It appears now he's talking about the West wants out. Why is Jason Kenney kind of playing with these very dangerous national unity questions? Well, look, Jason Kenney put forward a very clear platform with over 70% turnout. He got more than 55% of the vote and got an overwhelming majority government. He has every right to assert in a confederation the province's right to have its place at the table. And I think Albertans for a very long time are sick and tired of seeing the government go out of its way to have auto bailouts for Ontario, to have bailouts for Bombardier in Quebec, for the federal government to go out of its way, lose the clerk, lose Jerry Butts, lose cabinet ministers, and go out of its way for SNC-Lavalin. Meanwhile, in the province of Alberta, not only do they not get pipelines built, they get the Northern Gateway pipeline stopped purely because of politics. They get carbon taxes imposed on them. And quite frankly, you have elite media, consensus media opinion in this country that sneers and rolls its eyes at people who don't believe that the carbon tax is the best and or only way to deal responsibly with the challenge of climate change. I agree with Kathleen that uh, climate change is an existential issue. And that's why, like many Canadians, I'm so bitterly disappointed, a little bit like the promise on democratic reform, that we haven't been able to meet our Paris Accord obligations. For the people who believe the idea that building more pipeline capacity was the way to reduce greenhouses, greenhouse gases, fine. Uh, most people who can count knew that that was not true. On the question of whether or not it's okay to reopen the discussion on the, uh, on the formula for sending money for, from, you know, from the federal government to the province is what we call equalization. Nothing wrong with that. What is protected under the Constitution, Evan, is the very existence of this equalization idea. But the formula, the Colonel Sanders secret recipe that you can never quite get all the details of, that's absolutely open to discussion. And indeed, if they choose to have one, to, to having a referendum in Alberta and any other province, and they can start the process of trying to change the Constitution on that. Nothing wrong with that. James Moore, just last word to you, because you know Jason Kenney, you work with him, you guys were in cabinet together. I, I'm just intrigued, I mean, about his relationship with Justin Trudeau. He once said that Justin Trudeau has the intellectual depth of a, of a finger bowl. So I don't know if there's any love lost there. How do you think that relationship between Jason Kenney, who knows federal politics as well or better than anybody, and now he's the premier-elect of Alberta, how do you think the Trudeau-Kenney relationship will play out on the national stage? I think that Jason Kenney understands the obligation that he has to be a partner within Canadian federalism. He is a federalist first. He believes in the ethos, frankly, of Peter Lougheed, where Peter Lougheed said, I am a proud and strong Albertan, but I am a Canadian first. And you saw that in Jason Kenney's speech. And whatever personal peaks he's had with Justin Trudeau in the past, Jason Kenney wants, Kenney wants Canada to work. He wants Alberta to be respected. He wants Alberta to be prosperous. And he wants to work effectively in that regard. And, you know, I think the door is open to work with Justin Trudeau. But Justin Trudeau, again, has to, li has to 
listen to clearly the majority of the provinces and the majority of Canadians who have rejected his climate plan. And if Premier Wynne is, is correct, that Justin Trudeau and she and others believe that this is an existential crisis, and I believe climate change is real and we need to do something, then please tell me that the plan that Justin Trudeau has been failing at for three and a half years isn't all they've got. They need to retool and come back to the table as well and come forward with something reasonable that reflects the democratic reality of what we saw in Alberta on election night. Guys, I got, I got to leave it there, but this is, this, this, is, this is starting to sound like uh, my Passover or Easter dinner, so this is going to be great. This is the kind of debate I like. Uh, James Mortomo, Karen Kathleen Wynne, uh, happy Easter to all of your families. A great pleasure to have you here today. Coming up, how does the federal government plan to do battle with a conservative government in Alberta? Is their climate action plan dead or can it be, as James Moore just said, rebooted? The Transport Minister Mark Garneau is up next to give us the details. Stay right here with Question Period. We will begin with the path of diplomacy and uh, trying to find common ground. Uh, and we hope that we don't need to use more uh, f forceful measures to assert Alberta's vital economic interests. Well, a big victory in Alberta for the United Conservative Party could spell big trouble for the federal government. Premier-designate Jason Kenney spent much of the campaign provoking a fight with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau over the carbon tax and pipelines and equalization payments. So how will the Liberal government work with a Premier ready for battle? Let's find out. Joining me now is the Transport Minister, Mark Garneau. He's in Montreal. Happy Easter, first of all, to you and your family, Minister. Um, the first thing Jason Kenney says he's going to do is repeal the Alberta carbon tax, and he'll join four other provinces taking the federal government to court over this. Will the federal government apply the carbon tax on Alberta that it's already done to provinces like Ontario? Well, as you know, uh, we were uh, a couple of years ago working with the provinces to put in place the uh, pan-Canadian framework, and uh, Alberta, and I commend it for its leadership, uh, uh, was a part of that group. Uh, I won't speak for what uh, uh, Premier-designate uh, Jason Kenney will do, and I congratulate him, by, by the way, on his victory uh, but as you know, the plan uh, under the uh, pan-Canadian framework is that if provinces choose to opt out of it, we will be applying the backstop. Yeah, you will apply the backstop. I, I guess it's all contingent upon this federal court case. Is your government confident that you'll win the court case, which would give the government or affirm legal jurisdiction for the federal government to impose this carbon price? Well, we believe that uh, we have the uh, authority to do it. We'll see how the court case works out. We really do want to work with uh, Alberta. We really do want to get their oil and gas to world markets. Uh, you know our involvement with the TMX, and we're working very hard to satisfy the two conditions that were put on us by the Federal Court of Appeal. And you may have heard uh, Minister Soe say that uh, we believe we'll be in a position to make a decision on the 18th of June. So we hope that we will be able to uh, resolve that issue. And we hope that uh, uh, the Alberta government will continue with its leadership on the uh, climate action front, which uh, it has had, not just under Premier Notley, but uh, as far back as 10 years ago. Yeah, although Jason Kenney is very open, he's going to repeal as Act Number 1 Alberta's uh, carbon tax that they have, so that's going to disappear, and then the battle will be on. What will the federal government do, Minister, if Jason Kenney passes what he calls the turn-off-the-tap legislation, which would cut off an oil supply to British Columbia in the event that they try to stop or oppose the Trans Mountain Pipeline? 
Well, I, I would simply say, and I think it's backed up by a lot of experts uh, and people from industry, that to turn off the taps uh, to British Columbia uh, would hurt Alberta every bit as much as it would hurt uh, British Columbia, perhaps even more so. Uh, that is not something that should be uh, taken lightly as a decision. Uh, we believe that uh, it would be unfortunate if that happened, uh, and we hope that uh, uh, that uh, Premier-designate uh, Jason Kenney will reconsider that. Okay, but if he doesn't reconsider, because he's not that kind of guy, he's, this is, he says, you know, I'm going to do this, um, would, would the federal government challenge that in court? Would you step in? I think that uh, it's a decision that can be taken by the uh, Alberta government. I'm not an expert from a legal point of view, but uh, I hope that uh, it is not something that the Alberta government will uh, will uh, move ahead on. There's so many things Jason Kenney promises to do, and it looks like it's pretty tumultuous. He promises to hold a referendum in 2021 to remove equalization from the Constitution Act. I'm not talking about just changing the formula. Remove it from the Act unless he gets pipelines not only west Trans Mountain but Energy East. What's your response to that? Well, um, the uh, issue of equalization is a federal jurisdiction and uh, you know, I, I think Premier-designate uh, uh, Kenny knows this because the last time that the equalization, uh, uh, equalization was modified uh, was under the Harper government when uh, Minister uh, Kenny was a minister uh, of cabinet. So I think he knows that it is a federal jurisdiction. And, uh, and uh, so from, from, you know, I guess in, in terms of uh, uh, a federal response, it is a federal issue. So it is something that uh, the federal government has to make decisions on. Yeah, but fascinating that he wants to change that as well. Let's, can we turn to this federal, uh, the court battle over the carbon tax? Uh, obviously, Ontario has made the case that you have no jurisdiction the federal government. And in Ontario now, Doug Ford is putting on a full slate of advertisements, radio ads, posters at gas stations talking about how the carbon tax is raising the price of gas. I know you tweeted back a picture of you filling up an electric car. But what is the government's response to this? Are you starting to recognize that three years ago, your government ran on a, on a price on carbon and a carbon tax? And it looks like provincial election after provincial election, sir, people are rejecting it. They rejected it in, in, under Doug Ford in Ontario. They just rejected it in Alberta. What message does that send to your government? Well, you know, we live in Canada and we live under a, a system whereby there are provinces and uh, there's a federal government. Two years ago, the picture was quite different from what it is now. And uh, a few years from now, it may be quite different again. Our job is to work with the provinces. On the issue of the environment, uh, we believe very seriously that there has to be a price on pollution. We want to make sure that uh, we leave our country to our children or our grandchildren in a good state. And when you talk about pollution, the pollution that is created in any province in this country, uh, especially with the prevailing winds, can go from one province to another province. And so it really is a federal matter. In fact, we deal with pollution coming from across the Pacific Ocean. This is not something where you create pollution within your province and you deal with that and it doesn't affect everybody else. It affects the entire planet. You know, I know you guys keep making the case, but if you look at Ontario and Saskatchewan and Manitoba and now Alberta and New Brunswick, province after province is sending a message to Justin Trudeau. Whatever plan you guys have, they don't want it. Does that make your government want to reconsider what you're doing? Or do you just say, 
all those provinces keep electing conservatives who are running against the carbon tax. We don't care. We're going to push it through anyway. We believe that the majority of Canadians uh, believe that we must take action on the environment and that there is a price to pay. There has to be a price on pollution. We feel that this is an issue where Canada, as a federal, from a federal government perspective, must dis demonstrate leadership. And we have taken the position that we have made very, very clear to everybody. And we hope to be able to work with all of the provinces. And, uh, you know, if, if we can do that, I think that we can accomplish our objectives and at the same time grow the economy. All right, I got to leave it there. Minister Garneau, great to have you back on the program. Happy Easter to you and your family. Coming up on the show, though, well, Alberta joins the blue wave sweeping the, the country. Will PEI elect the first green government in Canadian history? Talk about that and lots more. The Scrum is gathering. Our special guest will be Green Party leader Elizabeth May. Stay right here with Question Period. Politicians and leaders have a responsibility to tackle climate change. Well, the court battle over the carbon tax continues as four provinces, and likely soon Alberta, are trying to make the case that the federal government does not have the jurisdiction to impose a carbon price. Meanwhile, Ontario Premier Doug Ford has launched an expensive and massive anti-carbon tax campaign funded by taxpayers. Is the federal government losing this fight, or will it double down on its efforts to make sure every province has a price on carbon? Let's bring in the scrum to sort this out. Tonda McCharles is a senior reporter with the Toronto Star. Joyce Napier is CTV's Ottawa bureau chief. Craig Oliver is CTV's chief political commentator. And our special guest today is Green Party leader Elizabeth May, who is in Victoria. Happy Easter and Passover to all of you. Let's start with Elizabeth May, the government on, of Ontario, as I just said, is making the case in court that the province has already shut down coal plants, cut emissions, and it's got its own working plan. They say the federal government does not have the right to Im Im impose a carbon tax. What's your view on this? Well, as a former lawyer, I think the constitutionality of the federal case is very strong. I think this is essentially a lawsuit for public relations purposes from the uh, conservative premiers who want to make carbon tax their favorite wedge issue. It certainly is Andrew Scheer's favorite wedge issue. And I think it's also Justin Trudeau's favorite wedge issue because carbon taxes and taking action on climate are what Canadians want. The difficulty for me is, of course, that the carbon taxes by themselves don't constitute any kind of adequate plan to protect our climate and protect our kids. But the bottom line is the argument that it's in the national interest, it's beyond the scope of any one province. So that typical constitutional question of is this federal jurisdiction? You bet. Taxation is federal jurisdiction. Climate crisis is a national emergency. We need to do more, not less. Uh, Tonya? Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, in, in, in some respects, I mean, Ontario, Alberta soon is going to launch its own challenge. We expect um, Saskatchewan's all in to challenge this plan. Uh, but I, I do find it interesting, out in Alberta, Jason Kenney is arguing that the feds actually should use their power over the environment and cross boundary issues and move a pipeline through. So they're saying, you know, on the one hand, uh, the federal government can, yeah. has powers interprovincial powers. So, no, I, I agree with Elizabeth that uh, constitutionally it looks like the federal government has a very strong case, but this case is very much about politics. Well, Trudeau, better have yeah. a, very Trudeau better have a good case, wouldn't you say? I mean, he did a high wire act uh, trying to balance off 
sort of oil and gas development on the one hand and climate on the other, right. and he and fell off the wire. Right. And all, all that's left of the great grand bargain is a grand jargon, unless, unless he can and, somehow and pull And, you know, we the can fire. blame the premiers here. You know, it's, oh, these premiers are against him. But I think these premiers represent people who either don't want this carbon tax or don't understand this carbon tax. And I think the federal government's doesn't have a legal problem, perhaps, doesn't have a constitutional problem, has a huge communication problem, and we are the ones that are going to go to the polls, not the premiers only, but the people they represent. So perhaps, you know, they should be able to sell it and stop calling people who don't understand it or who reject it climate deniers. Don't insult those people who are, you're, who are not buying your line get them on yeah. side. So it, it's also interesting, and, and Elizabeth will be well aware of this, but there's some, some polling coming out, too, showing that Canadians actually do want something to yes. happen mm -hmm. around climate. Yes. They do want to address climate change as an issue that's affecting their homes, their basements, their farms. They're, they're, they believe in it, the science of it, and the impact directly on them. So what does a government do about that? Do they start tackling other ways to maybe in a more slow fashion, but address it? I don't know. That doesn't solve Elizabeth May concerned that this is happening so fast no. and we need to act drastically. Well, and Elizabeth, what do you make of the fact that the premiers aren't just idly sitting by now? There's an active campaign and Jason Kenney's victory is the latest, but you've got Doug Ford putting up stickers on gas pumps uh, talking about the rising price of, of gas, which is something everyone can feel next to sort of the idea of climate change, which is more difficult to express. What do you make of that campaign? Well, I mean, I think uh, Rachel Notley cleared the way for Doug Ford to start using public funds in misleading advertising campaigns, and that's a shame because public funds, in my view, should not be used in advertising campaigns that are essentially propaganda. I discovered, looking into the uh, Notley campaigns around Trans Mountain, that there is no law in Canada for truth in advertising if it's government advertising. No, there isn't. So taxpayers should be enraged. In all of this, does anyone else see the fine hand of Stephen Harper? Uh, after all, Shear and Jason Kenney are both creatures of his. Uh, when he was prime minister, he held events with Rob and Doug, uh, the you-know-who Ford. Fords. Uh, and basically, uh, an awful lot, I think, of where this is going, the whole idea. Remember uh, Harper's uh, China Wall? Uh, in other words, the federal government is a threat to the interests of Albertans. I hear a lot of Harper kind of talk, and I think he's going to be behind the scenes a major player in the coming months. Yeah, maybe, although I will say it was Stephen Harper's government that signed on to the Paris Climate Accord and, 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 the, exact, and then the Liberals yeah. adopted their targets. That's right. uh, Joyce, uh, we talk, yeah. we're here, we have Elizabeth May on, and we're talking about Justin Trudeau running into maybe, I think, and I love Craig's expression, the grand bargain of environment and the economy maybe turns into the grand jargon, which is mm. a point for you today, Craig. But what do you make about <laughs> this PEI that, you know, we've seen this blue wave sweep across provinces the latest in Alberta, but is there a, a green wave in PEI? What would that signal? Well, you know what it will signal, I think, and, and, and we're seeing this and we're all wondering where the Greens will go in the next federal election because people are turned off by the, the Liberals, they're turned off by the NDP, they do care about the environment, so where to go? And maybe this is Elizabeth May's big chance mm -hmm. uh, in, in uh, this year in this federal election to you know, make a mark or leave a mark. Uh, Elizabeth, they go to the polls in PEI on Tuesday. Is there a green government? Yeah. Does it make history in PEI? 
Well, Prince Edward Island is a province of firsts. It's been the first province to have a woman premier, first province to have an Acadian premier. Uh, it's the cradle of confederation, and I think it well could be the first province to have a green premier. Peter Bevan Baker is extraordinarily popular personally, and deservedly so. He's, he's very, he's brilliant, but he's also amazingly humble and he's very compassionate and he has a lovely dry sense of humor and he really does appeal to a lot of Prince Edward Islanders who are sick of what Peter calls the ping-pong politics. If you go liberal, then you go Tory, then you go liberal, and you go Tory, and everybody breaks their promises. So people are hoping, and I was just in Prince Edward Island last week campaigning, I think people uh, across the province think well of Peter Bevan Baker and Hannah Bell, the two Greens of the legislature right this minute, and the many more who are ready to, and, and saying publicly, no, we're prepared to be government. We, we're serious, and we have a good plan, and we're credible. All right, I got to leave it there. Uh, before we go, Elizabeth May, all of us want to wish you congratulations on your upcoming wedding. Yes, Elizabeth May is getting married tomorrow on Earth Day, of course, which is great. Uh, Elizabeth, congratulations. Uh, are you excited about the wedding? Thank you. I'm oh y yes. Good. <laughs> I'm, Good. I'm, listen, John Kidder and I are so excited about starting our gloriously happy life together. And so this is my last day single, my last interview <laughs> single. I'm sure I'll be entirely different tomorrow. <laughs> well, I know. Marriage I know. doesn't do that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, listen, we all wish you guys a long and happy and healthy relationship. That is Elizabeth May getting married. All right, we got to take a short break. Coming up, the Jason Kenney era in Alberta dawns, but what will it mean for the rest of the country? Does the West want in or out? The Scrum takes that on next with our special guest, former Reform Party leader Preston Manning will jump in to the Scrum. Stay with Question Period. Well, the country has come a long way since those let the eastern bastards freeze in the dark bumper stickers were a popular refrain in Alberta. The battle cry the West wants in drove the formation of the Reform Party and then eventually to the election of Stephen Harper's government under a united Conservative Party. But now with Jason Kenney as the premier designate in Alberta, will national unity questions again flare up over issues like climate and pipelines? To tackle this, the Scrum is back. Tonda McCharles is back. Joyce Napier is back. So is Craig, and our special guest this round is the former Reform Party leader, the founder himself, Preston Manning, and happy Easter to you, sir. Uh, Mr. Manning, what do you make of Jason Kenney's victory, and, and I wonder if Western alienation is an animating force or not? Well, I think your first question, Evan, I think it's a positive development for Alberta, and I think it'll prove to be a positive development for the country. Uh, Jason responded to the, the ballot question in Alberta. The, the, the government tried to make it about identity politics and social issues, but the public were saying, no, it's about the economy and jobs and uh, uh, pipelines and things like that. And uh, Jason responded to that, and they did very well in that election. Uh, Tana, what do you make of it? I mean, the, Jason Kenney, we know him well from federal politics. Fantastic, but, fantastic campaigner, yeah. fantastic organizer, fantastic uh, politician with retail skills that Andrew Scheer would only dream of. So his win there actually 
capt capturing sort of the anger and expressing the anger in Alberta isn't really a big surprise to anyone. What does it mean now for the future of so many big debates in this country? It's it's huge. I think it's a big, big What's the biggest one, though? I think the biggest one is the climate change plan. Uh, some of the other things that we've heard bubbling, you know, Jason Kenney's uh, desire to renegotiate equalization, all that's way down the road, um, if, if it ever happens. But the climate change plan of Justin Trudeau is immediately at stake, I think. Um, yeah. And and when Jason starts pulling Alberta out of the carbon tax that he that the provincial NDP had in and and you know pulling the plug on the limits on coal-fired plants and stuff like that that really uh, will put in play Justin Trudeau's commitment to building a pipeline and trying to push his whole plan forward yeah Craig you're well, your mr. Moore and I'm trying not to do as he said that Eastern reporters sneer as he said and roll our eyes whenever the West uh, talks about uh, car carbon taxes. But, you know, I, I'm not committed to any carbon taxes. I don't think any of us are. Uh, but, but if uh, the Conservatives believe, as apparently they do, that global warming is an existential issue, a threat to the lives of the next generation, and maybe some people in this one, then what's their plan? We're waiting for their plan. We haven't seen it. We're waiting, waiting. Uh, so give us the plan, uh, Conservatives. And maybe a lot of us are well, willing to jump on board. Uh, yeah, let me just get Joyce in <laughs> on that. Uh, Joyce, what, what's your take on w the impact that Jason Kenney, who's, listen, he was running against Rachel Notley, as Tonda talked about, but he was also running a campaign against Justin Trudeau. He was r totally running against Justin Trudeau. But you know, it's funny. Do they really need to get along is the question I ask myself. Three years ago, all the premiers and the prime minister, they got along. It was a big loving in Vancouver. And what has happened since then? How do we still have interprovincial trade barriers? Uh, we still still fighting with each other. So I'm not sure that that really matters whether they get along or not. But I do think that the carbon plan, it's almost like Ottawa is speaking something, is speaking one language, and you know now most of the country is understanding something else. So obviously there's something wrong with the way they're selling this carbon tax because all we hear is a tax and we know it's not effective enough, we know it's not high enough, and we know it may not move the dial. So what are we doing here? So let's, let's just note. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, I think there's two things can be said on this. One is that I, I think the Wynn government in Ontario, the Trudeau government, and the Notley government in Alberta have grossly bungled the application of a market mechanism to environmental protection. If you were going to do this, uh, it should have been revenue neutral, genuinely revenue neutral. It should have been subsidy free, and it should have been accompanied by a reduction in regulation, not an increase, because a market mechanism is supposed to be a substitute for regulation. And I think the way this has been handled, particularly in Alberta, but by Trudeau as well, has set back the concept of using market mechanisms for environmental protection 20 years. Except, On the except, positive except side... That, except that, Mr. Manning, Trudeau's mechanism does uh, rebate money back to uh, consumers. Yeah, but yeah. for how but, long but will it's, that it's last? Not, it's, not, it's not really revenue neutral, and the mm -hmm. public simply don't believe this anymore. Just another point on Jason Kenney and friends. Uh, one noted how conciliatory he was in his first news conference on Wednesday. Why was he so conciliatory? Because, uh, first, the campaigning is over. Uh, a lot of the issues that uh, he dealt with in the campaign were basically see you in court. Uh, they were all issues which are going to have to be settled in, in, in courts exactly. or, or their constitutional violations or whatever. Uh, but the one thing Kenny wants badly 
Uh, and, you know, this is, a, this is not a guy who's a bomb, bomb thrower. We've all known him for years. Uh, and he's a thinker. He's a calculator. Uh, he's aggressive. Uh, he's, he may offend some people, but he's smart. Uh, and he's now, the campaign's over. He's, he needs friends, and he needs one friend yeah, in and particular. He needs, he needs and that is, line. no, he needs, yes, yeah. he needs Justin Trudeau. But, because Justin Trudeau no, is no, driving the Craig, bus on Craig. that pipeline. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, but Craig, he, he has got he has got five. He's, there's five allies now. You have got the potential for a coalition of interest between Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, and New Brunswick. Five right. of the ten provinces with 60 percent of the population in the country. Right. And I think that group are going to form coalitions. So here's some things that can be done positively. They have no control over this pipeline. Uh, they have no control oh, over yes, the pipeline. No, 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 sure so, you they know. do. No, sure they do. No. Sure they do. Here's what they can. Here's what they can do. They can get together and they can make a request to the federal government to legislate right away, right away under Section 9210 of the Constitution. They don't have to change the Constitution right away for resources to move to the Atlantic and the Pacific and world markets. And any federal government that turns down five out of ten provinces with 60% of the population with a reasonable request like that will be in deep trouble Well, except in Quebec, oh, I mean, what that means, let me just translate that, that <laughs> what Professor Manning is saying, they could have a right of way, that means Energy East Pipeline, and we've already heard from Premier Legault in Quebec who said there's no appetite for that, it's so what, good, it, so what does that Mr. mean for Justin Trudeau? Well good to say that five uh, p provinces with conservative leaders can pressure Justin Trudeau. The fact is, those one pipeline that you want has to go through B.C. Kenny has all but declared war on B.C. The other pipeline has to go through Quebec. And the Quebec, Quebec pro no. pre province, its population, its premier have said no to that. So, you know, they've all dialed down the rhetoric a bit, but uh, that's, no, but that's the clear obstacle. <clears throat> How have these impasses been in handled in the past? This is not a new thing. There's always been problems. The, the, the Confederation is a deal model. Each premier has a list of things he wants to get or she wants to get, and a, thing, a list of things they're prepared to give up in order to get that. Quebec has a list like that. New BC has a list like that. There'll be a deal-making model, and when you got five provinces with that kind of clout, I think they can get the deal. But it may stall. You know, these are pro this project has been stalling and stalling, and what you're saying is it's not going to happen any faster. Well, one thing I would say is that, you know, we're all kind of projecting ahead what might this look like. Um, I think that one thing to bear in mind is that we have seen some surprises. Um, maybe if Justin Trudeau were to somehow pull out whatever, you know, pixie dusty sprinkle on, on Donald Trump to get a NAFTA deal done and actually work some deal-making skills, pull, dial down the rhetoric and actually get down to business at a negotiating table, maybe you're right, Mr. Manning. Maybe some deals can be cut. But I think it's going to take that kind of skill and that kind of diplomacy. Well, we will see. Uh, Jason Kenney, in my view, may becomes now the unofficial leader of the official opposition outside of uh, Andrew Shearer. All right, I got to leave it there. Uh, Preston Manning, Tonda McCharles, Joyce Napier, Craig Oliver, thanks all of you. Great to see you. Happy Easter, happy Passover. I celebrate both, so it's a lot of great food. Take good care of yourselves and, and your families. We will all be back here for lots more politics in seven short days.